Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Welcome to the new Stand Up Australia podcast, Stand Up Sits Down With, a contrarian conversation rebutting their mainstream narrative. Each week we discuss and deconstruct the most relevant news stories in Australia and around the world, so you don't have to, and separate fact from fiction so you can make better decisions about which way you want to go politically and personally. So today on the show, potato head Peter Dutton cries alligator tears in Parliament over the tragic deaths of police officers gunned down in Queensland by right-wing conspiracy theorists. China stops reporting COVID cases as COVID zero policy falls to pieces after the people stand up and say enough is enough. MPs arrested an EU scandal after taking bribes from Qatar. Sleepy Joe Biden under mounting pressure to drop charges against Julian Assange. And King DeSantis of Florida announces he's seeking a grand jury into COVID vaccines. So this week's our Christmas show, we'll be sitting down with Peter Harris, again, to intelligently dissect the news of the last week. We're going to focus on a few positive stories this week, um, putting a positive spin on current events. So this will be our last show of the year before we take a break for Christmas. We'll be back in mid-January, ready and firing for another in- inevitably eventful year. Um, it's been a hell of a year, Peter. I'm not sure about you, but I'm keen to finish the year with a few positive stories and a nice long break. Hi, hi, Mitch. Um, thanks for having me back again. Um, it has been a hell of a year, and um, yeah, let's let's finish on try and finish on a positive note. Um, and there's always a positive way to look at even negative events. So um, let's try and do that today. Definitely, I think I think we can definitely put a positive spin on our first story of the night. Um, Opposition Peter Dutton, opposition leader, sorry, Peter Dutton said Australians should be concerned at the rise of misinformation, calling for further crackdowns on internet platforms, hosting such content after the killings of two police officers in Weambula shootout by a family unit named the Train Family. So it's two brothers and one of their fiancés or wives. So I think it was actually both of their wives in the end. But um, the Weambula shooting raises uh, important policy questions for the government and security agencies. With political leaders voicing concern around the role of extremism and conspiracy theories in the deaths and the government considering changes of terror laws. So Federal Home Minister's uh, Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill last week announced the federal government was creating a new cybersecurity strategy and reforming counterterrorism laws to deal with emerging national security threats linked to right wing extremism. The events have sparked comments from the chair of the powerful Parliamentary Joint Committee on Intelligence and Security, Federal Labor MP Peter Khalil, about disrupting the pipeline to, uh, towards extremism at its source. So Dutton looks like he's one step closer to getting his wish of criminalizing encryption in social media apps. But we've had a bit of an update over the last couple of days too, with the uh, the, the Queensland Police Union um, coming out and saying they want to buy the land because they don't want to see this land fall into the hands of any other anti-vaxxer pro-gun conspiracy theorists, sovereign citizens who may seek to utilise the reputation of the site to promote their own dangerous and warped views. So that was the union head, Ian Levers, who told the Courier-Mail. So pretty pretty explosive statements there from all involved, including politicians, but the one coming from the Queensland Police Union there certainly seems to want to be demonising any sort of... um, alternative views in society yeah well uh, there's a whole lot there isn't there <laughs> it certainly is 
Um, and first, first and foremost, um, uh, what's driving this is a tragedy and a crime. Um, and uh, you know, I wasn't there, so I don't know what the crime is. Um, and uh, I'm sure we'll hear a lot about this in due course. But once again, we have uh, uh, political uh, leaders, um, public figures um, jumping on the bandwagon of division. Um, this is what's happened is abhorrent, and it's an isolated event, and it should never have been allowed to occur. Um, and I, I read with interest that the police uh, department made a risk assessment on the officers going out there, and they accepted the risk of going out there. So they must have had some concern um, when they sent four young officers out there. Um, but um, the fact remains that six people have died, um, and it's a tragedy, and it's a crime of some description, um, no matter what's happened. So that should be the focus of the investigations. That should be the focus of the prosecution. I remember sitting in the Prime Minister's office in 2004 with John Howard and talking to him about internet filters. Um, and at that time, the Liberal Party that Peter Dutton now leads um, elected not to engage internet filters. They um, felt that that would be intrusive. Um, and um, if, if the Liberal Party ever wants to become relevant to anyone in Australia ever again, they would want to start finding ways to unite Australians rather than divide people. So, you know, the, the head of the police union, um, who is a public figure, um, should also be, um, I think, should resign with the statements that he has made. Um, you know, people jump on, on, on the emotional um, uh, situation and it is emotional and it is tragic, um, to push forward an agenda. Well, does this mean that anybody that wants to have a discussion about guns, that wants to have a discussion about vaccines, um, that um, believes that there are some conspiracies, and clearly there are conspiracies in the world, otherwise the world wouldn't exist, um, and uh, anyone that's got a different perspective to the narrative of others should be demonised and criminalised and that they're likely to commit an offence of this level of atrocity. So there's lots of problems in all of this. Uh, once again, the political leaders don't get it. They're there to serve the people, to benefit the people, to unite the people, not divide and create division within our society. We've seen uh, you know, a long period of time with that sort of demonisation and division, and it's time our politicians grew up and stop using individual events to push forward a narrative and agenda that uh, breaks down and divides society and destroys families. So, um, you know, let's not take away from the tragedy. Let's not take away from a horrific crime that has occurred um, and start demonising other groups because some people uh, want to have a say. And what is Dr Karen Phelps now? who's just come out in the last few days um, with her uh, report or um, submission to the long COVID review by the Senate, is she, is she a criminal now because she's questioning um, vaccines? You know, is she an anti-vaxxer? Is she a criminal, according to the police union chief? Yeah. The, the thing is, she will be an anti-vaxxer now. She'll be counted as one, even though she's obviously had her shots as well as her, her um, wife, who's they've both come down with some terrible 
neurological disorders after that, which we'll actually be going into that later on anyway, um, yeah. in our final story. But um, yeah, you're right about the division. And I think um, last time we spoke, you talked about the the sort of lacking support that the two political parties are getting, the two major parties are getting now from the from the Australian public. And Dutton's been on this um, almost like a war path to get this this bill through parliament for the last four years. I think it was the first time I heard about it. It was definitely pre-COVID. Uh, the first time I heard about this bill he's trying to get through. Uh, back then, it was all about foreign terrorism. Um, but now the it's switched. It's switching to people that don't support the parties. All of a sudden, you are a terrorist. And that, I believe, is because they know they're losing their grip on their control of our society. Well, they're, they're, they're completely losing their grip. The 35% of people don't vote for them anymore. Anthony Albanese is there by default as a prime minister and as a government. Um, and the Liberal when, Party. That's when he's in the country. Definitely <laughs> he's in the country. And it's my view that the Liberal Party will never form a government again in its current form. So, uh, you know, there's, they got their own set of problems, and continuing down the same old pathway is not going to help them because the public are reading right through all of this stuff. Let, let's face it, what, ha- what happened on that property was a crime. Um, we don't know all the details of the crime because I, I wasn't there, you weren't there, most people weren't there. Um, so let's find out what all of the investigation and the reports and all the different things say um, before we make any judgments about what actually happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. All, we, all we're re- relying on is the media and the media are as guilty of demonising groups as anybody else in the political and public realm. So let, let's uh, actually pay due respect to the people that have um, lost their lives and wait for um, findings and outcomes of coroners and things like that um, before we race to demonise groups. It, it, it's actually outrageous and it should not be tolerated. No, and it's, it's working to this demonisation on both sides because I've, unfortunately I have heard quite a few conspiracy theories regarding this incident without anybody knowing anything. It's just a few videos you've seen online yeah. and we don't want to fall into the trap of being exactly what they think we are, uh, which is people that believe anything they hear because that's, that's what well, you get on the mainstream side. And we don't want to be like that. Yeah. And look, let, let's face it. You know, some things are real and some things aren't. Mm. Um, and that's just what people have come to understand. Um, so, as you say, you don't make any rapid judgments on any of this other than six people have lost their lives and that's horrendous. Um, and, you know, um, should, should we be concerned and should we have anti-terrorism measures in this country? Absolutely. Um, should we be concerned what our young people and what um, other people um, are consuming on the internet? Absolutely. That's why, you know, filters were always a good idea. Um, in the sense that anything illegal should be blocked coming into the country. Um, And the legal system is a system which is um, put in place by our uh, regulators, uh, our our representatives, um, and we vote for those people. So we, you know, by and large, we we have a capacity to say, if we don't like the way they're legislating, let's get rid of them. But... um, you know, there needs to be a lot more activation of the people 
in every in every seat, uh, every lower house seat of Australia, so that there is a lot more engagement about these issues. You don't you don't just um, strip the majority of their privacies because of isolated incidents. You don't regulate. You don't legislate for the minority. You should be doing it for the benefit of the majority. Definitely. I mean, if you want to do that and you want to. Uh, you want to demonize a whole group of people of having wrong think, then you may as well do that with the Muslim population. Mm. If you, if you really want to get on that path, because you know what, just because the nine 11 attacks were committed by Muslims, does that mean all Muslims are terrorists? No, of course not. It's the, it's the wording. It's the, it's the meaning of the word, which has changed. And it's whatever the government think wants it to be now. You know, and look, I don't, yeah, I don't know many anti-vaxxers. I know a lot of va- uh, people that believe in vaccine choice. I know a lot of people that are concerned about the criminal record of pharmaceutical groups. I know a lot of people that are concerned about the ingredients in vaccines, including the TGA, who have public assessment reports that basically say it's an experiment. Um, so, you know, th- this uh, divisive language of public officials needs to be stamped out. And they should start with the head of the police union and Peter Dutton. Yeah, they, they, they certainly should start there. Whether or not it happens is another thing. But I think uh, when things get more and more ridiculous, which they obviously are, people start to see that, even, even people that are uh, on the other side of where we are. So I certainly know lots of normies that have think this is ridiculous, the way, the way that people are being demonised. Yeah. Well, in any event, I, I still wish Peter Dutton and the head of the police union, I forgot his name, Ian. Um, Ian, Ian Levis. Um, I still wish them a Merry Christmas and hope they have a nice time with their families. <laughs> All right. Well, you, you can wish them was a that, Merry Christmas. That, so I'm definitely was, not was that the positive? <laughs> was that the positive that you were looking for, Mitch? Oh, well, look, they're... They've taken their mask off now, these people. And you're right yeah. about the, the Liberal Party. They're finished. They're done. Um, and let's hope the Labor Party's not too far behind them. Well, something credible will rise up, as it always does. And, um, and uh, the whole game will change. But, you know, we're at the tipping point now where, the, you know, my view is the majority of people don't want these um, um, parties in play or, or governing or regulating them anymore. And, um, I think the next federal election will be very interesting. Yep. Yep. Well, it's only another four years away. So, well, three and a half anyway. So, yeah. That's <laughs> there right. you go. All right. Well, now on some uh, actual positive news uh, Chinese officials will stop reporting asymptomatic COVID 19 cases since they've become impossible to track with the mass testing no longer required. So, another step in the country's departure from some of the world's strictest antivirus policies will not some of the world's strictest, they are the world's strictest. And they've been like that for the last three years. The change comes after the biggest protest seen in China against the communist government since the Tiananmen Square massacre. Previous to these changes, anyone who tested positive was isolated in a government facility, even if they had no symptoms. Now people can recover at home if they don't need medical care. There are still fears that the reduced measures will lead to a rapid increase in hospitalizations. Still, there are abs- there's absolutely no evidence of a surge in people being hospitalized. Uh, President Xi Jinping's government is still officially committed to stopping the virus, uh, but the latest move suggests the party will tolerate more cases without quarantines or shutting down travel or businesses. Now, do you see this as good news, Peter, or is this um, a bit of a sleight of hand from the government? 
Well, it's probably both, isn't it, in reality? But um, the sleight of hand from the government is that they seem to be easing off uh, from the CCP. They seem to be easing off on uh, control of people, um, but they're doing it for a reason, you know. Um, um, managing billions of people in an author authoritarian society cannot be easy. Um, and when they start protesting, you don't want that to get out of hand. So you've got to make some compromises. Um, so you might say it's a bit of a win for the voice of the people, um, but hopefully the move does not pacify the people to the point where they stop standing up on other issues. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think um, you always get into, in, there is a risk of that happening. You know, like, hey, we've won now, fantastic, and now the yeah. government go ahead with a couple of other things, but. I, th I think the Chinese people, by the way, are a lot smarter than that. So um. I, I think so. I think so. That they they're happy to go along. I know a friend of mine lived there for a while, and I said, "How do they deal with all that crap?" And they said, oh, "I don't care. Life's better than it was. You know, they just yeah. go along with it. It's not that big of an issue." But when it becomes an issue, they start to stand up. Um, and every me, in China has found out all about that. When the people have had enough, they've had enough. Definitely, definitely. It's been a constant theme in China over the over the millennia, really. Yeah. But it's I think that rather than taking a sort of a view which is very common um, for people now, like, well, they're still doing this and that. It's like, let's take the win here. We've got the world's some of the world's most oppressed people who have decided to rise up and not give a shit about being locked up or killed or disappearing, and they've made change. Yeah. yeah, for yeah, me, that's, that's inspirational. I mean, and, you know, the history is retribution by the CCP. So let's, um, you know, the international community needs to be keeping an eye on this and constantly applying pressure uh, on human rights issues in China. Um, so uh, I think that uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, at least in a micro sense, that's heading in the right direction. Yes. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. Oh, well, well, on to our third story now anyway. Um, I've actually got a little video to play here because I just thought it was a, a, well, the first part of it anyway by Nigel Farage. Uh, we got talking about the, the EU um, parliament members. There's 16 of them who have been embroiled in a corruption case, taking millions of dollars from Qatar to basically um, inflate their their record of of um human decency really so they could get the world cup about 10 years ago but australians will remember this because australians put in a on like about a billion dollars to get the world cup but missed out the cutter where we probably should have gotten in the first place because of corruption everybody knew it was corrupt back back then but now the eu parliament has actually had 16 offices raided 16 homes and um one of the Vice President, Presidents of the EU is has been arrested, but she's since been um, her boyfriend's actually since put her into the clear. I'm not sure if that's the truth, but let's see what Nigel Farage has to say about it anyway. Well, the what the Farage moment 16 apartments in Brussels raided by the police on Saturday morning. They were the apartments of MEPs and a couple of former. MEPs in the European Parliament, mostly from the Socialist Group. Six 
100,000 euros in notes found in those raids. Four people have been arrested, one of them a senior political figure, as she is a vice president of the European Parliament. The thought is that the money has come from Qatar. Uh, I'm told from Brussels tonight by several sources expected to be many more raids on Brussels officials to come over the course of the next few days. And I feel this very personally because for years myself and my colleagues were put through hell by OLAF, the fraud office of the European Parliament. I went through five big inquiries. Even since we left the European Union, I had another legal case, a very expensive legal bill, to prove my innocence after I was accused of misusing public funds. They never I think we'll stop it there because he just goes on about his own, own stuff there. But um, I think I'm not sure um, how far this will go, but if they are investigating these, these 16 MEPs and former MEPs of European Parliament, do you think something is going to come of the uh, the tech the lost text messages uh, between Albert Baller and Ursula von der Leyen? Do you think this is the start of something, or do you think this may be just a bit of a uh, bit of a sideshow to keep keep the masses distracted? Well, I think I think um, when it was announced that uh, Carter had won the World Cup. Everyone knew it was corrupt instantly around the world. Yeah. And uh, you remember the president of the um, Football Association or World Football um, uh, was criticised and ultimately resigned. Um, and um, Seb, Seb everyone, Blatter, wasn't it? Seb, yeah. Yeah. yeah every, every, everybody has known it's been corrupt from the beginning. So what that means is that people were corrupt way back then. And... This uh, is all 10 years or 15 years too late. Um, people have made their money. Pe you know, uh, all, all, all that the corruption, you know, the corruption had a purpose, which was to get the World Cup um, there. And, um, and that was achieved. And so if there's a little bit of fallout with a few EU politicians, maybe that will appease uh, the masses, or maybe it'll make them feel better about having let uh, corruption rule and reign during this period. You know, it, it, to me, it's illogical. I was, I think I was watching the announcement at the time and instantly everyone around the world was talking corruption um, uh, at, at that moment. So um, was there corruption? Yes. Um, should they have investigated and followed through well, before the World Cup, yes. Should the World Cup have been stopped from being in Qatar? Yes. But it didn't, and it went ahead. And all the people that uh, saw the benefit of corruption have received their benefits. Um, and if there's a few scapegoats, like a few EU politicians and, what is it, 600,000 euro, which is laughable because it's not even touching the surface of what's really happened here, um, then so be it that maybe maybe regulators and world um, enforcement agencies will feel that there's some level of justice. But the injustice was the whole thing happened. Yes, it certainly is. Um, I mean, while it, while it's good news, there is prosecutions being held out, like held like handed out. Sorry, I don't think Zev said Blatter ever ever faced any 
Oh, yeah, the, pe- his. the people that made the billions of dollars are walking away scot-free. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And the, uh, the poor taxpayer in Australia who forked over a billion dollars to get that bloody tournament over here suffers as well at the same time. I may be, I may be wrong on that figure, but I'm pretty sure it was about a yeah. billion dollars they, they wasted on that. You know, on that yeah, I, I, can't, I can't remember if it was that much at the time or not. But the, but the reality is, um, you know, the whole, the whole thing was a waste of uh, human endeavour and money because of the outcome was predetermined by corruption. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like the, the, the human rights record of Qatar is as bad as any other sort of Appalling. Uh, yeah. um, country in that, but, that but, area. But Don't get it wrong. The human rights record of Australia is appalling. Um, shocking. Yeah, every country has its issues. Um, but that's not really the issue here. I mean, every country has its issues on, on human rights. Australia actually has very significant issues on human rights. Um, so if you want to point that bone, we've got to be prepared for it to be pointed back at us. But the issue is corruption. The issue is that um, the international community that engages in football agreed on a process and a structure. And what we've found is that that structure is corruptible and, um, and whoever has the most money wins the day. And um, they've still won the day, even though the EU's investigating a few pollies, they've still won the day and, um, and will continue to do so until the people say, I'm not putting up with this um, crap. I'm not putting up with you breaking the system. And all of this leads to a lack of faith in institutions. And all of this leads to the breaking down of the democracy and the system and world cooperation as we know it. And all of this leads to disaster. Um, and, um, and it will lead to revolution of the people. It's just, it's just another contributor in the system breaking down. Yes, yeah, and eventually it will. Like like every story we cover every week, it's uh, you know, it's all about corruption. It's about the political parties being corrupt. It's it's and just it's about an erosion. Up. Yeah, it's just an erosion of decency and and um, and and good governance. You know, it's what it is. Yeah, I think the bigger problem these days is not the corruption of the government; it's the fact that. Um, People have normalised the corruption of the government to the point where they say, mm. "Oh, well, it's the government. Of course, they're corrupt." Yeah, you know, rather than saying, well, "This is shit. We need to do something about it." And and in this case, it's um, a wealthy country, or it's uh, big corporates, or whatever it is. Um, whatever it is, you, you can be assured there's normally money sitting behind. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Sorry, that's that's probably a little bit um, cynical, but you know, follow the money, follow the money. And as uh, Paul Keating once said, and I don't know if I'll get this quote right, he said, "If you, um, uh, if you're, if you're um, backing anything in life, um, uh, back uh, the horse of money, because um, that that's what's going to expose uh, why things get done in this world." Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Follow the money, you find the people in power. Well, back the horse of greed, I think it was, whatever it was. Yeah. Well, we actually do have some uh, pretty good news. Not yet. We're not going to count our chickens yet. But in our fourth story, um, 
While the Biden administration claims to champion a free and transparent press, with Attorney General Merrick Garland insinuating expanded protections for journalists in October, during which he said a free and independent press is vital to the functioning of our democracy, calls have been growing for Biden to release perhaps the most famous political prisoner in the world, Julian Assange, an Australian who's been locked up for a decade now, I believe. uh, So... Biden is facing a push from both inside the US and internationally to drop charges against Assange that were levied against him by Trump in 2019. Assange notably exposed US war crimes in Iraq, Afghanistan, and a military prison in Guantanamo Bay, which included 400,000 field reports about the Iraq war, 15,000 unreported deaths of Iraqi civilians, and systematic um, rape, torture, and murder committed by Iraqi forces after the US military handed over detainees to a notorious Iraqi torture squad. So in late November, five major media outlets sent a letter to the Biden administration, including the New York Times, The Guardian, calling for the US government to end its prosecution of Assange, which I find quite funny that the New York Times and The Guardian were um, have said that, considering the demonization they put on Assange for his supposed involvement in Russiagate back then but i think they see the writing on the wall these big companies now and they think that if this can happen to assange it can happen to anyone well assange is is a true believer in uh investigative journalism and truth um and uh he's been demonized for it and the fact that countries don't like their secrets dirty secrets being um, being exposed and that they want to prosecute him as a consequence speaks volumes about what's happened in our society with journalism, media and investigative journalism. Um, you know, um, he, he has exposed conspiracy <laughs> and this is what people talk about. This is people say, oh, these conspiracy theorists. Well, Assange exposed it. It is a conspiracy to hide war crimes. You know, yep. like you can't have it all ways. Um, you, can't, you can't say on one hand, conspiracy theorists are crazy. And on the other hand, the guy that exposes the conspiracies is cast into two decades of detention and depression and despair because what he's trying to do is enlighten humanity. Um, with the truth and um and so there's all of these um uh, inconsistencies there's all of these issues going on in our world and assange is at the very core of decency transparency investigative journalism all the things that the media outlets outlets should have been doing for years but have been too afraid to or they've been driven by the popular dollar and not wanting to cause unrest in governments. Yeah. So and I you, think you at can, the end of the day, you know, it's uh, it's a crime that he's been held. It certainly is, and you can you can certainly forgive a lot of journalists for thinking twice about exposing things like this. Seeing what's happened to Assange, it's just it's it's awful. It's it's torture and right in your face. It's psychological torture. It's physical torture. The poor man has had a stroke recently. Um, He's been he's been put in solitary confinement. He's been locked. He was locked in a in the Ecuadorian embassy for for yeah, I think close to ten years in the end, where he ended up having extremely low vitamin D levels to the point where he was um, very sick from that because he hadn't been outside. 
And still he trucked on. Like the guy's an absolute inspiration. I don't care what anybody says. I know there's a lot of people who think he might be a bit of a, a spook, but um, in the end, he's had the balls to go out there and expose these things like a true journalist. And that's the one, the one thing that I think um, the US is trying to say that he's not a journalist. He all he is is someone that's stolen the the secrets of the government, which has put CIA officers in in danger. Well, he's, he's access data, um, which was vulnerable, um, which proves that there have been crimes committed. So who's in the wrong here? Yeah, well, we all People know People hiding the, the crimes? Um, yep. I mean, investigative journalism is meant, is meant to be about exposing corruption. Yep. Um, the reason why so many bad things happen is because there um, are not enough investigative journalists exposing corruption and exposing the things that have happened. You know, bad things happen, but then when you cover them up, wow, you're really creating a much bigger problem. Yeah, you can count the good journalists on one hand these days, can't you, really? Well, yeah, I haven't attempted lately, but um, um, they're few and far between. Well, Australia, Australia's got two of the best going around in Assange and John Pilger, um, who, mm. you know, John Pilger's one of the first uh, alternative, well, shouldn't even be called alternative journalists. They're, they're, he's a journalist. The, the, other, the other guys are the alternative journalists because they don't tell the truth. And, and we're government funding. I mean, we, we should be funding uh, people like Assange because we, we want the truth exposed. You know, don't forget governments are here to serve the people. Um, in fact, our constitution talks about um, legislation for the benefit of the people. Um, and so what we have here is um, it's, it's to the benefit of the people to have the truth brought out. Now, absolutely, sometimes there are national security issues, no problems. And, and, you, need, and you need to have, um, and you need to have um, um, privacy and, and, and security around some data. But the people pay the bills here and they have an entitlement to the information. And what we're finding is that the traditional institutions of government and of media and other um, public service institutions that are now corrupted by appointments um, are not telling the people the truth. They're, no. tre- they're treating people like sheep. And so... So it's, it's to the people's benefit to have people like Julian Assange doing what he has done. And the people should be standing up and screaming from the rooftops to Joe Biden and everybody else um, who's having a hand in this to release him um, and let him get on. And we should yeah. give him a public grant so he can continue his work. Yeah, well, I think journalism has been bastardized to the point because the. I mean, I'm just looking it up now. The you know you've heard of the term fourth, the fourth estate before, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fourth estate. I'm looking at Wikipedia right now. Uh, refers to the press and news media both in explicit capacity of advocacy and implicit ability to frame political issues. So the news, the news um, journalists are there to to expose government crimes in the first place they're there to keep the government honest that's the primary function of news journalists and when you've gotten to the point now where you get demonized for being what you are supposed to be that's when journalism starts to become entertainment yeah yeah that's right 
Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I think um, every Australian should be standing up for Julian Assange, and um, and people all over the world should be because uh, he he's at the centre of what we should all believe in, which is transparency, openness, and accountability. Um, it's a value that we have come to believe in, and it's a value that's been lost in our public realm. Yes, yep, certainly is. Uh, the, the future is looking bright, though. There's plenty of independent journalists who aren't beholden to these massive media outlets like the New York Times or Fairfax or whoever and, and else anymore. We should be funding the them. If we're funding a public broadcaster like the ABC, we should be funding independent journalists that can't be corrupted by media barons. We, we can. Everybody can. Go to Substack, support your favourite. Yeah. You know, support Robin Robin Shooter, who we have a the podcast with every couple of weeks, she's on Substack. If you like yeah. what she does, support her. Give her some money. You know, like pay for pay for what you think has value. Yeah. You well, know? I, I agree with that. And these people live dangerous lives. They're exposing dark secrets of the system that um you know the conspiracy conspiracy is is that they you know the truth never sees the light of day yep. oh watch out for that camera there pete <laughs> you can you'd be driving <laughs> heavy and having children in the car and it's christmas hey <laughs> yeah it's christmas hey i'm sitting out in the car at the moment by myself uh overlooking the lovely apollo bay so you know Lovely. We, we have to uh, do what we have to do get this get this podcast out. Um, we do. It. Yep. We've tried. <laughs> <laughs> we have. This is actually our second attempt after our first attempt uh, a few days ago. But look, we. I know. I, I really enjoy um, doing this podcast, um, especially talking to people like you every week. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd be doing this underwater if I had to. So. Well, we appreciate you doing it. It's uh, it's important, and um, it's really good to be able to express our views and um, and, and 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 get the message out about you know this is all about the people. This is all about transparency and honesty, and not not and people not being hoodwinked by the system. Definitely, definitely, and I think just after our little talk about supporting journalists i think this is time to give us a bit of a plug to um stand up australia we've got we've got some big plans next year um and as well as funding uh if you can chuck us a few bucks uh over at the webpage standupnowaustralia.com.au or look we really need some hands on deck at the moment too so if you can do a little bit of even if it's a bit of research for the podcast or the website send us an email get involved we'd really appreciate it yeah I think if you want to see something happen, you've got to, you've got to get involved. And uh, we're very excited about next year. We've got a, we've got a great vision going forward. Uh, it's about building community. It's about building community connect groups and supporting one another and, um, and taking ownership of um, the issues in society and, become, and letting our voices become heard and active. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, this is about real change. It's about uh, real solutions to real issues and, um, and not just um, uh, whining about issues. It's about finding the solutions. Definitely. The, the days of whining are over. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So um, in our, our but, last, last um, sorry, sorry, Peter, what were you yeah, going to say? No, go on. You go. I was going to say our last story for the, uh, for the evening is probably the... Um, 
the most positive story we've got so far this evening, which probably doesn't say much because there is an element of, of negativity in each of the stories that we've had so far. But um, the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, said on Tuesday he'll petition the state Supreme Court to convene a grand jury to investigate any and all wrongdoing with respect to COVID-19 vaccines. The Republican governor, often mentioned as a possible presidential candidate in 2024, did not say what wrongdoing the panel would investigate, but he suggested it would be in part aimed at jogging loose more information from pharmaceutical companies about the vaccines and potential side effects. Additionally, the governor announced that um, his uh, surgeon, Latipo, who's the, um, the chief medical officer there, I forget what they, they, the, the name they give them in, in the States, but he would conduct research through the University of Florida to assess sudden deaths of individuals in good health who received a COVID-19 vaccine. The Florida Department of Health would utilize disease surveillance and vital statistics to assess such deaths. Um, look, I, I, I really see this as a, an amazing move. Um, each week um, I watch the High Wire show with Del Victory, who's another amazing journalist, by the way, who um, I support on a weekly basis. And he, he says like, you know, he just can't believe the news that comes out every week. It's almost like he's living in a parallel universe. Yeah. Uh, because before this, this whole thing kicked off, you'd never hear anything like this about um, any such thing about vaccines. It was a very fringe subject. But now you've got probably, I would say, the front runner for the US presidency um, launching an investigation. Yeah. Well, you know, these guys are strategic. And, um, you know, I think the Florida... Um, tagline is freedom lives here um, and that should be the tagline of every society and if he lives up to it and um, and if he gets his inquiry up and running properly and is prepared to share the information around the world then that's very important I think that um, you know let I think he has nominated for the presidency by the way um, and um, and I think he's he seems to be the champion for the people. Um, Florida seems to be have headed in that direction. Um, and, um, and that's really important that we have people emerging, leaders emerging um, that are prepared to stand for the presidency, um, that actually uh, have a coherent perspective on things and are prepared to fight for things and are not afraid um, not to. So... You know, I, I I saw um I saw one of the big funders the other day say, "Look, I don't I don't want to fund people that are current people bettered in the past. I want to I want to fund people for the presidency that are current and bettered in the future. And the future should be about the freedom and well-being of the people, not the authoritarianism and control of governments. And uh, and that that's what democracy is meant to be about. And uh, the U.S. is a country, I would say, right on the edge of revolution and division. And, uh, and I, I think it needs someone that can bring everybody together. So um, I think what, uh, what he's doing is great. So this is all really good news uh, in Florida. And we've had a bit more good news here in Australia um, in the last week with former MP and very well-known doctor and TV doctor, Dr. Karen Phelps, who's come out and revealed that her and her wife have both been severely injured by the COVID vaccine. 
and she's um, head out at the government and also um, the governing board of uh, doctors. What, what's it called again? Um, APRA. APRA. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Basically, basically saying that, you know, it's, it's a crime that they have um, stopped doctors from talking about this. And she suggests that the, the rate of vaccine injuries is, you know, is a lot higher than what we're being told because people don't want to report it from fear, fear of losing their jobs. So this is all coming out, isn't it? Like I said earlier, the mask is off. Well, you know, you could call this a conspiracy, um, you know, but um, we don't want conspiracy theorists in our society because they, they, um, they're obviously criminals. I mean, this is this is um, this is a fundamental problem with our system. Hundreds of thousands of people have been saying they've been getting injured. The TGA's own reports say this is an experiment. APRA have deregistered phenomenal doctors who have challenged the system and saying, "You are crazy. What are you guys doing?" And suddenly. Karen Phelps, who I'm, I am very sad for her and her partner or uh, wife, um, suddenly they come out and say um, there's a problem and suddenly the media are all over it. Well, what happened to the voices of all of those other credible doctors and citizens that have been living an extremely oppressed and confused existence? What happened to all the people that lost their jobs because of crazy premiers and prime ministers out of control imposing authoritarian mandates on people okay this is more than just suddenly oh karen phelps said there's a problem must be okay yep this is um this is a major major public issue um and a major issue that was used by the likes of the liberal party and the labor party to divide our society that split families, that split marriages, um, that have done all sorts of untold damage. People have died. Um, and the doctors were screaming from the rooftops about myocarditis and all of these issues, and uh, they were getting deregistered at a rate of knots. So the system once again let the people down. The system didn't work for the benefit of the people. And I think it's brave, and I admire Karen coming out and speaking up because of her personal experience but what about the voices of all of the other people that were labeled anti-vaxxers that were labeled conspiracy theorists that were labeled liars that were, were labeled people um, that uh, were non-conformists or yeah it just goes on and on so the damage to our community and to our society has been massive the damage to our families has, has been massive and now we suddenly hear from Karen saying there is a problem and the media suddenly believe it. Yeah, I know. It's, it, it is a bit, it's very sad the way it happens. Um, you know, I think but we have to take this, we have to take this a massive good. win. Yeah. I, I, you know, I really, really liken this to, you know, when you want to sell a product, you know, let's say Nike, new pair, new pair of shoes, you get the biggest sports star in the world to wear them. You put them on TV and that sells the product. This is our big Nike star now coming out. As someone who's oh, actually totally. going to bring credibility to our movement of exposing the truth about these things. I mean, it's clear as day, but people need people need to be told it's okay to talk about this now. And I think what we're going to get here 
is after Karen Phelps has come out and said this, people are going to start to think it's okay to talk about it. Because at the moment, you know, with going back to our, our story earlier on, you're going to be labelled as a terrorist for talking about it before someone like this comes out. That's right. That's right. And that's, and that's why we do have to all stand up at the end of the day. Um, and if it's one trigger point that gets people to listen like Karen, then so be it. I'm happy with that. And it is a win. Um, but it doesn't mean that uh, multitudes haven't been um, damaged and affected and their lives destroyed in the process. Um, so I think that, you know, um, I think that if we can start listening to the likes of um, Karen and, um, and start listening to the multitude of doctors like Christopher, uh, Dr. Christopher Neal, um, who's been deregistered, who's the president of AMPS. Who, they started a new organisation called the Australian Medical Professional Society, um, and they're talking about these things. And the media should begin to listen to those people. You know, Christopher's an, an associate professor in cardiology, um, and uh, there are multitudes like him out there that have been speaking up for a long time. And um, now that Karen has brought credibility to the message, then let's get it out there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And let's hope some lawsuits um, start following afterwards. Um, well, as she says, it's a crime. It has been a crime from the beginning. Um, and, um, you know, um, no matter what side of politics you believe or don't believe in, um, we need to have accountability. Um, because if you don't have accountability, what's happened here is the system has failed the people and the, and the people will no longer have faith in the system. And that's why record numbers of people aren't voting because they don't believe in the system anymore. Definitely. And there's only, there's only so many times you can blame climate change um, for the increasing heart disease and heart attacks going around as well. And it's, rather than normalising people dropping dead for no reason... And if you've seen recently, I've actually got a video clip, which I'll put in the notes about defibrillators being put in people's front yards around Melbourne, starting mm. in Reservoir. You know, this is not normal. People don't, you know, obviously cardiac arrest and stuff happened way before these vaccines were out. But to have to have a defibrillator put in your front yard, so someone yeah. who has one just walking down the road, it's it, says, just, it says there's a problem, isn't there? I mean, it says there's a problem. 50, 50, over 50% of our kids have got chronic illnesses, according to the Department of Health, mm. yet they don't know what causes it. Suddenly, after we've had this massive push of um, publicly funded vaccines from a, um, an experimental uh, process, which um, I say that, don't say it lightly, it's, on, it's all, in all of the TGA public assessment reports, from an experimental process, suddenly we've got a thing called sudden adult death syndrome. It's like we need a label to explain the unknown. And mm. what's happening is our kids are sick. Um, the uh, census told us that record numbers of adults are suffering from chronic illnesses. It's time to stand up and look at things like glyphosate that have got half-lifes of 47 days that we're spraying all over our country. It's killing our soils. And it's, and it's causing disease in people and animals. You know, we've, we've got to start actually addressing some of these terrible issues that are going on rather than being conspiracy theorists. 
um, because all that's happening is the people are losing faith in the system and ultimately the people will walk away from the system. Yep, yep. Well, I know I certainly am walking away from the system um, a little bit further every day. So We're all questioning know. it and we're all saying, why should we contribute to a system that fails the people? Yep, yep. Anyway, um, I look, I think it's a, it's a win. I think let's take it as a win and let's, um, let's see how all these people, you know, it's like the media suddenly have changed their voice. It's like, oh, okay, well, we were, they're not saying we were wrong before. It's, it's, as, it's as if the reporting never happened. All right? It yep. did happen. And yep. it needs to be held to account. And I've noticed, I've noticed in just in comments I've seen in newspaper articles, where you know a year ago it would be like that's ridiculous these things don't cause any injuries to deport to now people are defending the injuries saying oh well of course there's injuries they, yeah. everything has injuries it's but it's you know it's not as bad as getting the disease so it's it, it it shifts one step at a time and then maybe in a year's time we're going to see these things never should have been put out just by your everyday joe um unfortunately for the medical industry, I think, I think their time's done. It's going to take a lot, a lot of effort to get any form of respect back from your average citizen in Australia. Because I think, I think majority of people now in Australia have very little trust in their systems. Well, the the way people are voting reflects that. Um, yep. You you have a federal government that's there by default. You have state governments there by default because there hasn't been alternatives. But the people will organise and they'll form up other alternatives that they're happier with. And um, the old regime will be thrown out um, and, uh, and and new regimes will come in into play. I don't know when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen, but I think it's sooner than later. Yep, yep. Oh, well, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But, um, yeah, until, until next year, Peter, I think uh, we'll leave it there. But um, Merry Christmas. That's been our... our relatively good news stories <laughs> it's hard to be contrarian and always stay positive but look you're doing a phenomenal job mitch we all appreciate what you're doing and um yeah let's let's uh, look to next year and a bigger and brighter and better year and one where, where we get the people to stand up more and more every day oh ditto ditto peter like uh, you know just working with you guys it's been fantastic i just really appreciate what you what you're all doing um and you know, like go on, go on back on that. We don't have to be positive all the time. The world's not a positive place. I think this is a real big trap that we fall into in our Western society. We feel like we should always be happy and positive and blah blah blah. But no, we need to be realistic. Um, and when you're realistic, you don't have false expectations of what's coming. And um, you, you, I find that I'm more naturally happy anyway. So yeah. you know, don't, it doesn't need to be all all rainbows and unicorns all the time. We just need to see what's coming so we can prepare and uh, do the best for ourselves and our families. Yeah. Well, let's all speak our truth and all the best to you and your family for Christmas. It's been great to connect with you up in um, Brisbane this year and Mount Gravatt. And everyone should go to Mitch's Sandwich Shop and um, best um, best sandwiches in the country. So uh, <laughs> I can Certainly. test you. <laughs> I'll put a little if anybody is in the area I'll put a little um, put a little code on the website um, come down and you guys can grab 20% off anything alright oh that's very good yeah <laughs> I, I'm on my way <laughs> <laughs> alright Peter I better get these uh, 
hang out with us, these boys. I promised I'd take them for a walk yeah. down the track. So, um, but yeah, we'll speak to you next year. And thanks again for everything you guys are doing. Thanks, mate. All, All the right. best. Love, <laughs> love to everybody. Take care. See ya. Oh, hang on. <laughs> see ya. Say bye, Mitch. Bye. Oh, see ya. <laughs> All right, man. See ya.